Welcome, and thank you for stopping by Biker Church, Wiley, Texas. Let's go on in and see what J.R. Franklin has to teach us today. I think they're telling me I'm on. Good morning, everybody. I'm glad to see all of y'all survived the, the ice storm of 2021. The what? Snow I tell you what, that was a tough, tough go around, wasn't it? Except for those Yankee people that enjoyed it. <laughs> Ain't going to call no names, John and Barbara. And <laughs> but us southern folks, we didn't like that stuff at all. I'm glad to be here this morning. Are y'all? It's good to see all of you back. We need to fill these chairs back up again. Can you give me a little more volume? I can't hear myself. Uh, it, well, yeah. These ear, that's the only residual I'm having is my head is... My ears are all plugged up, but I'm doing great, guys, if y'all hadn't noticed. I feel good, and I'm back. I'm almost back to normal, <laughs> which is my abnormal. <laughs> I'm loved so much around here. Charlie. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I look at it like this. If you're talking about me, you're leaving somebody else alone. And some of y'all need to leave everybody alone. <laughs> Is it breathing? Is that better? Okay. <laughs> Charlie, you better go back in there and sit down before you get in trouble. I know your wife. I'll tell you something, folks. When you're down like that, you know who your friends are. You know who the people are that care about you. And I can't emphasize enough how much I appreciate phone calls. And I actually do appreciate the no phone calls. Because there was times when I just didn't want to hear that phone ring. Leave me alone. I mean, it's, you know. Well, you know, and be honest with you, because everybody thought I was getting a bunch of them, I didn't get that many. No. It, but, you know, and I understand it, guys. I understand what you were thinking, and I appreciate, like I say, I appreciate the no calls because there was days when I didn't want to talk to nobody, you know. But Yeah. <laughs> I didn't lose, I didn't lose my sense of taste. I just lost about a month. It just kind of December is like a blur. But they tell me I went through a lot of stuff in there with 103, 104 fever and stuff like that. So, but anyway, that get off all that stuff because we're back in church and we're back in we're back in this warm weather again. We're having a heat wave out there today. I'm telling you that sun comes out, I may go riding. <laughs> And that, that is, a, I don't know how much more time i got to kill here, but I'm going to kill a little bit more time. You're recording me? <laughs> I mean for preaching time, not for this, but that's okay. Chuck will edit out what he don't want. But anyway, hey, let me lose my thoughts. Yeah. I got up, I got up last night in the middle of the night and went in the bathroom, forgot what I went in there for, so I mean. Went back, got in bed, and I realized what it was. I had to get back up. But Now, a, a funny story. I had my, y'all don't know my VTX went down at Christmas, and I couldn't get it started, and we couldn't get the charging system on it. And I decided, well, I didn't decide. God decided for me that my bike was going to Honda to get fixed. Well, I sent the bike in before the ice storm came in. About two weeks before the ice storm, I took it, had it taken to Honda to fix it. They called me the day the storm hit and said, you can come pick your bike up. And I'm like, I don't think so. 
but Wednesday, Wednesday I'm going to get it. So it's supposed to be in the 60s. So I'm going to get. I'm gonna go get it. What? What are you gonna help me do? I'm just gonna ride out there, get on it, and ride it home. Oh yeah, I'm riding it home. I'm riding it. I've got my chaps out and got all my stuff out. I'm ready to ride. But yeah, guys, it's good to be back. It's good to be back in the house of the Lord. It's good. It's good to see all of y'all. It's been a. It's been a long time. It's been a long, long winter. But we got a. We got a, some work to do. Y'all look around you. We got some work to do. So. Huh? Hey, if they'd get people in here, yeah. <laughs> if it'll get people come sit in these chairs and listen to the Word of God, yeah, we'll do makeovers. And if you come sit in here and listen to the Word of God, you will get a makeover. And that's the best makeover ever. All right, let's get on with the let's get on with the praise and worship right after we do the offering prayer and all that good stuff. Y'all ready? Most gracious Heavenly Father, I thank you for this day. I thank you for the many blessings that you've given us. I thank you for this time of worship, not only in song, but also in giving. Your word says that if, if you give with an open heart, give with a kind heart. So we ask that you just bless the givers today as they give their tithes and offerings to the, to the house of God. Let it be used to do what you need it to be done with. Give us the wisdom and the knowledge and the discernment to do the things we need to do. Just be with us as we go through this service. Father, I ask that you bless us. Coming and going. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Hit it, Maestro. All right. I battled a little bit this week with some stuff and it's been a it's been a long month for y'all. And it's been a long two months two and a half months for me, but, you know, perspective of it all is God's still in charge. God's still got his hand on us. Our numbers are a little bit down right now, and people are still afraid of the corona thing, which I understand, really. I understand it completely because I've been through it, and it's not fun. But I want you to think about something. And I'm going to sit down because I don't want to run out of energy halfway through this. We, as Christian people, have a lot to be blessed with. I mean, we have been blessed through all of this. I mean, think about, we think about the troubles that we've had. We think about the, the week that we was in quarantine, and we think about all that stuff. But look at perspective of it all. Where was God during all this? He was right there by my side the whole time. I felt God's presence the minute I started getting sick. He knew what was coming. And he knew that I was going to have to depend on him to get through it. A lot of people ask the question, how do you keep, how do you keep going? How do you keep your, your mind where it needs to be? I have to believe, and this comes from earnest times. I have to believe that no matter what I'm going through or what I see going on around me, that God is still here. God has an, a plan that's going to come out the way he wants it to come out. Could I have died? Sure. Could I have been injured to the point that I couldn't function right? Yeah. Could I have gotten better quicker? Yeah, but it wasn't in my time, was it? You know, when Charlie called me when Mandy got diagnosed, I had planned on two weeks more of recovery. But God's plan was for me to get back that night. God said, it's time for you to go back to work. I'm sorry that it took Mandy getting sick to get me to do that, but, you know, hey, that was God's plan. God brought it, he kept them well until I was physically able to come back. And that's the way I look at it. God's timing was perfect. 
and this weather thing that we're going through right now and even having to put the alpacas in the garage and clean up the mess, it's, it's still God's plan of what we need to do. And people of America need to understand this. We're going through a governmental time right now when we don't have any faith in our government anymore. And I'm going to tell you something. Believe it or not, that's a good thing. We need to stop trusting the government. We need to stop trusting the politicians. We need to stop trusting the White House and the Congress and the Senate, even the Supreme Court. We need to quit trusting them and start trusting the one that's really in charge. If I trust God, everything else is going to work out. If I believe in what God is doing and I can, I can still praise the Lord and celebrate what we do have. How many of y'all lost some stuff this last month or so? I mean, really, be honest. How many of y'all lost some stuff? What have you lost? Is it really that important? <laughs> but is it really that important? You haven't lost God, have you? You haven't lost your eternal life in heaven, have you? Have you lost your, your will to survive? Have you lost your drive? Mm, that's questionable. It depends on your faith level, doesn't it? Where's your faith at? Where's your trust at? Who are you trusting in? If you're trusting in your government, you're in trouble. If you're trusting in society, you're in trouble. If you're trusting in your neighbors, you're in trouble. He said, I got to love my neighbors. He didn't say trust them. Am I being right? I don't have to put my trust in them. All I have to do is love them. I have to love God and also have to trust him. My strength doesn't come from my own body. Prove that, right? Your body will even let you down. Your health will let you down. Ask anybody that's had a heart attack. They'll tell you, your body will let you down. But God is always there. Even through your hard times, he's there. You may not see him. and You may not feel him even. That's where faith comes in. When you can't see him and you can't feel him, you just have to know he's there. And that's hard to do sometimes, isn't it? That's why they call it faith. If it was easy, everybody would do it. But it's not easy to be faithful to God. People say, well, it's easy to trust God. No, it's not. Because we're not trained that way. We were trained to look at the world through the eyes of the world. We see our finances dropping down. We see this going on. We see this going on. And the first thing we start doing is panicking. How many of y'all felt panic in the last few weeks? Come on, be honest with yourselves. I mean, you don't have to be honest with me. Be honest with yourself. You felt panic. I'm a pastor of the church. I'm going to tell you something. There was days that I panicked. I had thoughts of, I'm never going to recover from this. I'm not going to make this. I'm not going to live through this. And every time that thought came into my head, the only thing I could think of doing was just talk to God. Talk to God and ask him, get me through this day. Get me through this. I'll tell you right now, when I got out of the hospital and I was picked up at the hospital and I couldn't even get out of the hospital without an oxygen bottle attached to my nose. If y'all ain't never had to wear one of those things, those little spiky things they put up your nose, those are about the most aggravating thing you can have. But when you take it out and you can't breathe, it's scary. When you have to fight to get your breath, that's scary. But I kept thinking back to the doctors and the, the nurses and the people that took care of me. I was blessed. I was blessed that God gave somebody the ability to do it. And he also gave them the courage 
and Tony and Kathy can test this, nurses and doctors facing COVID, they have to be pretty brave people. And they better have a trust in God that's unbelievable because they're right there on the front of it. And I know this is kind of crazy for me to be sitting here telling you all this because you already know it, right? You already know it, right? But how many people out there don't know to trust God? How many people out there are still trying to live through life without the Holy Spirit to guide them? How many people are trying to live without Christ? And how many people confess to know Christ but still don't trust him? More and more than what I want to think about. You see, God, God is God is all power. He's all He's all intimate. He's all there. And it takes us to get together with him and become one accord, right? I'm not talking about a Honda. I'm talking about being in one accord with God. And how do we get in one accord with God? I know how I got in one accord with him. It was all the troubles and all the trials and all the tribulations that I've been through over my lifetime. And every time I come out of them, my faith and my strength in God grew. How strong are we today? How strong are you today? After you've lived through this last month or so, how much more strength do you have that you didn't have when you first started this? You should be powered up. You should be ready to fight anything that comes along. I'm going to talk to you today out of Psalm 73. Y'all ready for my actual message now? I mean, all this other stuff, it's part of the message, but it's not the message. So be ready. Be ready, guys. Be ready to accept God for who he is. Sure thing. Okay. Just want to make sure. Y'all there? 73. The title in my book, the title for this chapter is the perspective of eternity. What is your perspective of eternity? What do you think about when you think about eternity? We know that eternity never ends, right? But what is your real perspective of it? Huh? I mean, do you really have a perspective of how long eternity is? We can't even fathom it. I've been around for 61 and 7 eighths years now. <laughs> well, it's about seven more days, but but being around that long seems like I've been here forever. And some of y'all are a lot older than I am. How long does it feel like you've been around? Can you ever remember not being around? How long is eternity going to be? I mean, we measure our years in, in years, don't we? 72, 73, 80, 101 back there with Dale. But, you know, it's perspective is perspective, right? Truly, verse 1, truly God is of Israel to those whose hearts are pure. Are your hearts pure today? Have you pured your heart? And how do you pure your heart? How do you make your heart pure? There's only one way to make your heart pure, and that's through the love of Jesus Christ. The belief in Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, is the only way to make your heart pure. Anything else is secondhand. Everything else is not good enough. You can't get there by riches. You can't get there by works. You can't get there by how good you are. The only way you can get to that purity of heart is through Jesus Christ himself. And a lot of people say, well, J.R., you talk about this all the time. You, 
You preach on salvation all the time. You, you preach on loving Jesus and trusting Jesus. Let me tell you something. Without that, nothing else I teach you has any meaning. You have to be pure in heart in order to receive what the Bible has for us. Y'all hear what I said? You have to be pure of heart to receive what the Bible has for us. So let's go on a little further. But as for me, I come so close to the edge of, of the cliff. My feet are slipping, and I was almost gone. For I envied the, the proud when I saw them prosper despite their wickedness. How many of us are guilty of that? How many of us look at what everybody else has and envy it? Be real with yourself because be real with yourself because I'm going to tell you right now, there was a time in my life when I looked at people that had more than I did and wished I had it. There was a time in my life when I would do anything to get money. How many of y'all were buried in that place? How many of y'all have given up everything you had for the love of money? How about good health? How about a bigger house, a nicer car? All the things that this world judges people by. Finer clothes. There was a time in my life when I thought people that had million dollars in the bank and three-piece suits and driving Mercedes, living in big old houses with 14 bathrooms and 10 rooms were the prosperous people of the world, and they were the happiest people that could be. But I learned something as I got older. All those fancy cars and all them fancy houses and all them nice clothes came with a price. I noticed that these wealthy people were the ones that were the most miserable in the world. Because something I did learn, the more you have, the more you got to spend. And the more you got to spend, the more you give up your freedom with. You become addicted to your jobs, to your work, to your money. You become a victim. And it's not happiness. That old saying that money can't buy happiness? That's not a saying that should be taken lightly. You see, the greatest joy I had was when I had nothing. When I was down in my bottom of my world, listen to me, because this is good stuff. When I was at the bottom of my world and I had nothing, absolutely nothing, that's when God came in. That's when I found God. And when I found Him immediately, I become prosperous. I become well off. Oh, I didn't see it. I couldn't feel it. But like I said, as I went through more trials and more tribulations and I came out of them victorious, I realized something. God had me. God had my life in his hands. And through being saved with Christ Jesus, I found out what true wealth was. True wealth is not how much money you have in the bank. True wealth is not how big a house you live in. True wealth is not that $500 pair of shoes you're wearing. True wealth comes from the love of God. And the more you love God the wealthier you are. Because, see, there's something else I learned as I was growing up and getting older. Money will go. Nice houses will turn into shacks. These fancy cars break down just like the old cars do. All that stuff has no value in time. None of it will last forever. Oh, I'm going somewhere now, ain't I? I'm going somewhere now. All of your possessions do not last but a short period of time. 
What is the only possession that we have or the only thing that we can wrap our arms around that is for eternity? Huh? There's something we can wrap our arms around that will last for eternity. God. God will last forever. And if we put our faith and our trust in him and we wrap our arms around him, we will always have him, won't we? He will never go away because not only do we live for eternity, but he reigns for eternity. What else have you got that you can say will last you for eternity? Tony said it a while ago. Your soul. Your soul will last for eternity, but God, without God, what good would your soul be? What, God, what good would it be to have a soul without a God? People say, well, I don't believe in God. You better get to thinking about it. You better get to getting a hold of this. You better start realizing that you didn't come from a big explosion. I spent time in the military. I've watched many of the explosions take place. I've never seen anything be created from an explosion. I've seen disaster. I've seen destroyed. But I've never seen anything be made from an explosion. Well, maybe a mess. A hole, maybe. But reality is there was nothing good out of it, was there? You see, when I was growing up in school, they told me I come from a monkey. I got news for you. If I evolved from a monkey, why would the city zoo in Austin lose 10 monkeys last week? Because if something evolves from something, whatever it is evolving from goes away. Now, I'm just a, I'm just a country boy without, with the, not very smart sometimes, but I'm smart enough to figure that out, that if we evolved from monkeys, there wouldn't be any monkeys. <laughs> So I don't believe for one second I came from a monkey. I believe what this Bible tells me. God took a pile of dirt, scooped it up into a big old pile, shaped it into the form of man, and breathed life into it, and God created life. God created me. So there has to be a God, right? What keeps us on this planet? Gravity. What is gravity? How does gravity work? Somebody explain how gravity works. You can't explain how it works because it's unexplainable. How does the water stay in the ocean and not come up on the land? Because God designed it that way. Yeah, we have hurricanes that blow the water up on the land sometimes, but water out of the ocean doesn't over engulf the earth, does it? How does a how does a bird fly? I mean, think about it. How does a bird with wings get up enough power in those wings to lift itself off the ground and fly? It's a creation of God. How does a fish swim in the ocean from Australia all the way to the United States and not drown? God created them to swim underwater, right? Everything that has a purpose has a reason, and that reason is God created it that way. They seem to have, go back to my scripture, they seem to have such painless life. Their bodies are so healthy and strong. They are troubled like other, they aren't troubled like other people are pledged with, plagued with problems like everyone else. They wear pride like jeweled necklaces, and their clothing is woven purely, and their fat cats have everything their hearts could wish for. They scoff and speak only evil. In their pride, they seek to, seek to crush others. They boast against, against every heaven, and their words 
sprout throughout the earth. And, and so the people are dismayed and confused, drinking in all their words. Does God realize what is going on, they ask? Is the Most High even aware of what is happening? Look at these arrogant people enjoying life of ease while their riches multiply. We've talked about all this, hadn't we? We talked about how they, how they cherish their money and how they worship their money and how they grab a hold of their riches and all that. Look at these arrogant people again, enjoying a life of ease while their riches multiply. Was it from nothing that they kept their heart pure and kept them myself from doing wrong? All I get is trouble all day long. Every morning brings me pain. If I had really spoken this way, I would have been a traitor to our people. So I tried to understand why the wicked prosper. But what a difficult task it is. Then one day I went into the sanctuary. Oh, God, I thought about the destiny of the wicked. Truly, you put them on a slippery path and send them sprawling over the cliff to destruction. In an instant, they were destroyed, swept away by ter terrors. Their present life is only a dream, and it is gone when they awake. When you arise, O oh Lord, you will make them vanish from this earth. What is that telling us? What is that really telling us? It's telling us, it's telling us that possessions, like I talked about earlier, all your possessions will vanish. How many of y'all want to be rich with money and wealth and all that? I wouldn't mind having a little money, and I wouldn't mind having a little bit of stuff, but what is my greatest rich I can have? My love for God. My love for God is the best thing I can ever have. And where do I get it from? Where do I get that love from? From accepting Christ as my Lord and Savior and realizing that eternity is unmeasurable. Stop and think about this, people. You can have all the riches in the world, and what do you really got? You got nothing. Like I said when I first started this, some of us have lived to be pretty old people. I looked in the mirror the other day, and my hair is a lot grayer than it was. I've got little chicken neck coming in, and I got wrinkles. I'm I'm fading away, aren't I? The longer I live, the more I'm going to fade away. My youth is gone. My my good looks are fading. Not that much yet, but they're fading. Some of y'all think that's funny. Some of you think it's silly, but I think I'm one of the best-looking things God ever created. But you know what? The truth of the matter is, one of these days, I've seen bodies after they die. And they're not very pretty. But I know souls that have gone into heaven. And they're lovely. They're beautiful. And they're going to live like that forever. God said, I'll get a new body when I die. I'll get my spiritual body. That body won't have scars. That body won't have wrinkles. It'll probably have, it'll probably have a head full of hair and... All that, I don't know. He may still have bald-headed people in heaven. I don't know. But I do know this. My eternal walk, if I'm going to be there for eternity, it's going to be beautiful. Because the only way anything can last for eternity is to not diminish at all. It has to stay strong. and It has to stay full of vibrant and full of life. But then I think about the other side of that coin. 
God said, if I don't have Jesus in my life, that I will be damned to hell. And I'll live in the pit of fire. And that my skin will boil and bubble. And my teeth will clench together. And I will suffer. Under tremendous pain. That don't sound very rewarding, does it? I don't particularly want to do that. I burn myself on the stove and it blisters up. And I get a little bitty burn on my arm and I think I'm dying. Oh, bacon grease. Yeah, don't fry bacon without a shirt on, guys. It's not a good thing. There's some things that we learn the hard way and there's some things that we just learned because somebody told us that it was going to happen. I'm here to tell you this morning, if you don't have Jesus Christ in your life, if you never accepted him as Lord and Savior, you will not see the eternity that God promises in heaven. You will see the eternity he promises in hell. And God's promises never come untrue. When he tells us something or he gives us something or he shows us something, it's forever. It's for eternity. Hell will be eternity just like heaven will be. The, di the biggest difference in heaven and hell is your separation from God. There will be no light at the end of the tunnel. There will be no relief in sight. There won't be a comforter to tell you that it's going to be okay. Because when God goes away, so is the Holy Spirit. And there's no hope for Christ once you go to hell. You have no choice after you die. And if you die lost, you die lost. In the United States, when we go to prison or we go to jail, you can be bailed out. You can be pardoned. You can go on parole. Or you can do your time and get out. But there is no getting out of hell. Because not only is heaven eternity, but so is hell. I have no idea what eternity feels like. I know what I was taught in school, that eternity is a long, 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 long time. And it Life on earth is a short little measure of eternity. I would hate to know that I had to live 61, 62, 63 years old in hell and still have another 61 or 62 years to go and another one and another one and another one. Because I know how long this 62 years has been. I look forward to my death. Does that make sense? I look forward to the day that I get to go to heaven. And I know that I'm going. And I've had people ask me, how do you know you're going to heaven? I know that I know. You can't convince me otherwise. I know the Bible says, whoever shall believe in him shall not perish but have eternal life. It's good enough for me. That's good enough for me right now. And they say, well, what if you're wrong? It doesn't matter if I'm wrong or not because I've lived for 62 years doing what God has called me to do and serving somebody that I believe in, and I've been a pretty good person for that 62 years. What have I lost? Nothing. What have I had to gain from accepting Christ? Eternity and everything. And my question back to them is, what if you're wrong? I'm not going to lose anything when I die. Matter of fact, I'm going to gain a lot. But if you die lost, you lose it all. You lose everything. And there ain't enough money to make it feel more comfortable. And the devil don't care how good a lost person you were and how much you did evil or anything else, 
because he doesn't have a grading scale. You're all going to suffer the same way. That's some heavy stuff, ain't it? Y'all missed me, didn't you? Because <laughs> I'm going to tell you something. There is no sugar on these lips, and I'm going to tell you right now. If you die today and you don't have Jesus Christ in your life, you're going to hell. You're going to hell, and there ain't nothing I can do about it. If you do have Christ in your life, and you've accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, your last breath on this earth, your next breath will be in the gates of heaven. And God will be standing there, and Christ will be on the throne. And they're going to look at you and say, well done, my good and faithful child. And if you've been obedient to God and you've been doing what God called you to do, you'll be given clean robes and crowns and rings. I believe that with all my heart, that the treasures that I'm laying up in life is not in my bank account. It's not in the amount of cars I have or how big a house I got. My treasures are laid up in heaven with God. And where God is, there is no corruption and there is no corrosion and there is no going away. And one of the things I'm looking forward to is when I receive all my crowns and all my jewels and I lay all that at the feet of Jesus and say, thank you for what you did to me. Look what you did for me. And he can put me on the backside of heaven in the lowest rent district with the, the less stuff that he has, and I'm still going to be blessed that I'm in heaven. I don't need a 20,000-pound mansion. I don't need all that stuff. All I need is to know that I served my God and that I'm in heaven with him. That's the greatest reward anybody can get. The Bible tells me there will be no sorrow and no crying in heaven. So I'm going to do my crying here on earth. And I'm going to cry about the ones that are lost that won't accept Jesus. I'm going to mourn for the ones that I've talked to about the Lord and told them about Jesus and what they needed to do, but yet they refused to do it. I'm going to cry here on earth for them. Because that's where I need to cry for them. And I'm going to pray that every person that hears this message today or any other message that they've ever heard will accept the fact that Jesus Christ is the Lord and Savior. God says, plant seeds as you go. Well, you know, I'd like to see some of those seeds get developed. I got family members that I would love to see turn their life over to God. I got neighbors and friends, and I even have enemies. Yes, I have enemies, folks. There are people out there that don't like me, and that's okay. But I still plant the seeds of salvation in their lives. One of the greatest rewards a pastor can have is when somebody stands up in the middle of the church and says, I give my life to Jesus. It's one of the greatest gifts you can give me. My birthday's coming up, March the 1st. The greatest gift you could give me for my birthday is for you to come to me and say, I heard your message about God, and I heard about Jesus through you. And I give my life to him. The greatest gift you can give a pastor or a preacher. I'm not saying I don't want other gifts. Now, y'all don't get that. Don't get, don't get that way. I like the other gifts I get too. But the greatest thing that I can give you or that you can give me is a walk with God. And knowing that I will see you for eternity. In heaven if you don't know me and you never met me other than through the airways and through television thank you Chuck Bryant for everything you're doing for us and thank y'all for being in here today to listen to me I like face to face better than I do video and audio I like seeing your faces I like looking at your eyes and I like looking at your smiles and I like looking at your frowns sometimes when I 
tell you something you didn't want to hear. Because there are things that you're going to hear that you don't want to hear. And one of them is that your lost family members and your lost friends are going to hell. And I know, don't nobody get mad and start saying, oh, he's judging people. No, I'm not judging. I'm just stating facts. The Bible said that if you're not washed in the blood of Jesus, you will go to hell in the last days. And I got friends out there that preach that the end times are right around the corner. I'm going to tell you this right now. I don't know when the end time is coming. I don't know when Jesus is coming back. Because I read the book. Even Jesus don't know when he's coming back. The angels don't know when he's coming back. Only God knows. Could it be this afternoon? Could be. Could it be a hundred years from now? Could be. Could it be a thousand years from now? Could be. But I assure you of this. If it's a hundred years from now, you won't see it. If you're in this room today and you live another hundred years, I want to. I, that's going to be a miracle in itself, isn't it? Even the youngest one in here will be old if they live a hundred years. So your chances of making it out of here are slim to none. You will die. Your body will die. And when you die, if you're not washed in the blood of Jesus, game over. You're going to hell. I've talked more about going to hell today than you've heard me talk about in a long time, haven't you? Huh? But the reality to the truth of the matter is, there's more people out there headed to hell than there is headed to heaven. And you need to realize something, folks. It ain't a good trip. Turn your life over to Jesus today. Accept him for who he is. I'm not going to promise you your life's going to get better. You may not get any better than you are right now. But through his strength, you'll get through it easier. Through his love, even your worst day will be your best day. Even in your hard times, he's there. But without him, what have you got? Your hard times are harder. Your good times are hard. Because you're bound for hell. And the devil don't care about you. Let me reassure you of that. The devil don't care about you one bit. If you suffer, he laughs. When you hurt, he's joyful. God, on the other hand, loves you, cares about you, and he suffers right along beside you. And he will get you out of it. He will pull you through it. I can testify without any shadow of doubt that when you're laying facing death and God is there with you, there's no pain in it. There's no fear in it. Because you know that you know that you know that God is with you. And God will get you through it. One way or the other. There was a thing on Facebook the other day that said, if I die, I'm with Jesus. And the next sentence said, if I don't die, Jesus is with me. Think about that for a minute. No matter how it goes, you're going to be okay. I've had people ask me to pray for people that were terminally ill and them not make it. And they say, well, why didn't God heal them? My answer to them is, God gave them the greatest healing of all. Because once you die and go to heaven, you're healed. There is no cancer in heaven. There is no heart attack. They're even crying in heaven. And trust me, guys, I will be glad when I get there and there's no whining in heaven. There's no cell phones in heaven that I know of. But I can guarantee you this. There is a God in heaven. 
And there is a Savior in heaven, and his name is Jesus. If you don't know him, let me introduce you to him. Let me show you how to get introduced to Jesus this morning. Let me walk you through what you need to do. But I can walk you through it, and I can show you how to do it. I can even pray it for you. But if you don't believe it in here, it does you no good. And I know that the Holy Spirit works on people that don't believe in Jesus. I know that He talks to you if you're lost. If you're sitting in here today and you don't know Jesus and you got this little thing in your head that's saying, don't listen to that man. He don't know what he's talking about. He's trying to get you to commit to something that's not real. I can tell you right now that's not God. And it's not the Holy Spirit talking to you. It's the devil. And if God is real, and Christ is real, and the Holy Spirit is real, don't think for one minute that the devil ain't real. Because he is real. And he's out to get your soul. My favorite verse in the whole Bible, and you all may think it's John 3.16, but it's not. My favorite verse is the devil is a liar. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come that you may have life more abundant and full of joy. You know what Jesus' joy is? You really know what Jesus' joy is? His joy comes from the fact that he knows, that he knows, that he knows that he sits with the Father and that God is out there. You want joy in your life? You want to be happy? You know what true love is? I can't tell you how many people have come to me and say, when am I going to find my true love? How do I know if somebody loves me or not? If you know Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior and God is your God, and you know what true love is, God is true love. A lot of people want to know what makes God who He is. This word up here in this book tells me that He is who He is because of love. And that He loved me so much that He gave His only begotten Son that I didn't have to perish. And if I called on His name, He would save me. And if I got saved, I would have eternal life. Isn't that cool? It's simple, isn't it? If it's so simple, why come other people don't get it? Because they're hard-hearted. And the devil's got a hold on them. But you can break the hold of the devil on your life. I get tickled people all the time. Why did you do that? Well, the devil made me do it. Now, your own selfish lust and your own selfish pride and your own selfish greed and your own selfish life made you do it. The devil has no control over me. I don't know about you, but the devil has no control over my life. When I see the devil trying to do something in my life, I say these simple words. Satan, get behind me. Not in my name, but in the name of Jesus Christ. And when I say Jesus said, get away, there ain't nothing but a dust cloud when he's gone. Today I ask you this from the bottom of my heart. Do you know Jesus that well? Do you know that Jesus is your Lord and Savior? Do you know that his blood washed all your sin away? Oh, don't come crying to me about, oh, you don't know what I've done. God can't forgive me. <laughs> God can forgive anybody. One of my greatest one of my greatest things I used to tell people, and the man died, so I can't really use him anymore. I always said if Charles Manson went to his knees in his cell and asked Jesus to forgive him and accepted Christ as his Lord and Savior, that Charles Manson would be in heaven. That's the God I serve. My God will forgive anybody for anything because of what his son paid on that cross.
not because I deserve it, not because I earned it, not because I could buy it, not because I can live my life good enough to get there. It came from Jesus Christ dying on the cross. And it also came from me accepting the fact that he died for me. Y'all hear me? He died for me. If you can't say that, you need to check up on yourself. You need to check out Jesus. I want everybody to bow your heads. I want everybody to close your eyes. Don't look around the room. Because what's fixed to take place here in the next few seconds is not about you. Believe it or not, not everything in this world is about you. And it doesn't matter if it's your son, your daughter, your wife, your cousin, who it is. It's their time. Dear Heavenly Father God, I ask if there's anybody in the sound of my voice that doesn't know you as Lord and Savior, that the Holy Spirit will fall on them and show them the truth about Jesus. And that Jesus is my Lord and Savior. He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And only through him can salvation be obtained. I don't care what other people say. The Bible says that there's only one way into the kingdom of God, and that's through Jesus' blood. If you don't believe in Jesus, you're going to hell. And that's the truth. And they say the truth will set you free. Well, freedom comes when you ask Jesus into your life. You really, you really and truly find freedom. If you don't know freedom, and you don't know about love, I challenge you today. Pray this prayer with me. Dear Heavenly Father God, I am a sinner. I am lost, but I know that you sent your Son to save me. And I accept him for who he is. And I ask that he come into my life, clean all my sins, restore my faith, make me a better person, and I will serve you for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. If you prayed that prayer for the first time in your life, or if you prayed it for the hundredth time in your life, but this time your heart was right, and you truly accepted Christ, I believe you're saved. And I believe I will see you again in heaven. That's the truth. If you refuse to pray that prayer, I'm going to pray for you more and more. I'm going to ask God to continue to work on you. The seed has been planted. Let it prosper in your life. Let it produce fruit that will bring you to eternity. I love all of you. Within the sound of my voice, whether it's here in the room in the church, across the airways, in Australia or Africa or even China, anywhere you're receiving this on the internet, if you heard these words today and you believe them, let us know. Annie's going to put some stuff up on the screen toward the end of this thing. It tells you where the email stuff to and addresses and believe it or not there's actually even phone numbers that you can call i don't care where you are i don't care what time of the day you hear this message if you accept this message and you accepted christ pick up that phone and call one of those two phone numbers on there i can speak for charlie on this one he'd be glad to be woke up in the middle of the night with somebody telling him that they accepted christ and they need him to pray and I promise you this, I will jump with joy if you call me. Because that's our jobs. That's what we do. God bless you. God bless you in your finances. God bless you in your health. God bless you in your families. Restore families back where they need to be. Restore our country back to where it needs to be. I pray for our government that the officials that are put in charge of us 
will listen to God, not to their greed, not to their envy, not to their other things that they listen to. I have no idea what they listen to because I can't figure them out at all. But I ask that God gets in their lives. And I know what God can do to a crooked man. I know what God can do to a sinful man if they'll just accept his son. God bless you all. With health, cure seizures, cancer, heart disease, kidney failure. Oh, God, the list goes on and on. COVID. Everything that the devil has to use as a tool against us. Just wipe it out. Wipe it out of your people's lives. And if you choose to let them go through it, be there with them to give them strength and courage. And that's the way God works. He may allow you to go through some stuff to teach you who he is. Accept it and live with it. And praise God that you're still alive to go through it. That sounds silly, doesn't it? But if you praise God during the hard times, praise Him during the good times too. And if you don't praise Him through the hard times, praising Him through the good times really ain't doing you no good. Ooh, did I say that out loud? You got to praise Him through the bad times or the good times really don't matter, do they? Because when do we really need God the most? In the hard times. But we need him in the good times too. And if we praise him in the bad times, the good times are even better praise, isn't it? When I'm happy and healthy and wise and going on with my life, I am tickled to death. But I still give God the credit. Because without him, my life would be hell. I'd be confused. I'd be messed up. I'd be doing stuff I don't need to be doing. How do I know that? Because I lived a lot of years without him. And I'm going to tell you, I was a mess. I'm still a mess, even though God's in it. But he, he cleans it up and makes it look better. But I love y'all. And I need you. I need you to help me do what I do. And I need your prayers. I need your prayers that I can keep my mind straight and my heart right. And trust me, I pray for y'all every day. Some of you two or three times a day. And there's a couple of you that I pray for you five or six times a day, Annie, <laughs> Myra. <laughs> but you know what? God's got this. And if you don't believe God's got it, you're in trouble. Oh. I don't know if I can preach like this all the time. This is this is pretty comfortable. <laughs> this is pretty cool sitting in this chair talking to you. But you know what? I'm just thankful I can sit in this chair. I'm glad to be here. I'm glad y'all are here. And all y'all that are out there that ain't here, Get yourselves back here where you belong. Because the Bible says, ooh, I got another sermon coming. The Bible says, the Bible tells us that we are not to abandon the fellowship with other Christians. We're supposed to be in the midst of other Christians for accountability, for knowledge, and for love, and to show each other how to live. Some of y'all need to be here every day. <laughs> Some of us need to be here every day, every hour, every minute of every day. And I'm one of them. I need my fellowship with my Christian brothers and sisters because it encourages me and it keeps me going. Let's go to the Lord. Y'all ready to get out of here? Dear Heavenly Father, God, I thank you for this time we've had together today. I thank you for your love that you gave us. And most of all, I thank you for your son that you put on the cross to ensure that we have a place to go called heaven. For those of us who believe in Christ, we're already on our way. 
Just help us to be more obedient to the Word of God. Teach us to live and love and care for others the way you expect us to. Just bless this church, bless this community, bless this state. And yes, God, I even ask you to bless this country. Your word says if we will turn from our evil ways and pray, that you will hear our words in heaven and you will heal our land. We in this room right now are praying for that. We need to teach others to pray it too. Thank you for your love for us. Thank you for allowing us to be here today and continue to love us and care for us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. If you have prayer requests or need to contact us, please email us at bikerchurchwileytexas at gmail.com or call 214-283-0620. Please send all written correspondence to 303 Highway 78, Suite 103, Wiley, Texas 75098. And if you wish to make a donation, please make all checks payable to PSMM. God bless you and have a great day.